This is Peak Earth. I'm Case Bradford. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with Nicola Lorasco. Nicola is a fitness mindset and holistic health coach. In this conversation, we dive deep into the beauty of nature, the power of sunsets, how there are no junk foods, only junk ingredients. We talk about how cooking can be such a powerful way to access nourishment and Nicola's experience visiting his grandparents in Southern Italy and what he took away from that trip. And before we dive into the episode, a note of gratitude from me. I really appreciate everyone who has listened or shared an episode on social media or reached out to me and said that they've enjoyed the podcast or left a five-star review on Apple and or Spotify. All these are, are deeply meaningful for me. I'm a small audience artist. I've made published 25, 21 episodes of these podcasts so far, and I really love it, really enjoy it. So all of that is, is deeply meaningful, and, and I thank you for, for listening, for sharing, for five-starring. It's all awesome, really groovy. So thank you. Thanks for that, and hope you enjoy this episode with Nicola Marasco. All right, I'm here today with Nicola. How are you? Feeling great. Happy to be here with you, man. It's awesome. Glad we connected, and we were talking a little bit before this about all things, sort of where you are in life, uh, the holidays, Thanksgiving just happened, and, and about holistic health and and the ways that, that we're looking to support that in our local sort of environments and in our social systems and how that can be both challenging and rewarding. And where you're currently at is is, is in New York and you're thinking about moving to, to California. What are, what are some of the factors yeah. that you have in mind that are sort of leading you in that direction? Yeah, well, you know, I'm New York born and raised, so I'm, I'm 27, about to be 28, lived my whole life here. Um, I have lots of great things to say about New York, you know, proximity to New York City, you know, one of the you know biggest and coolest cities in the world has something that I used to take for granted. And as I got older, I started to appreciate it more. Um, you know, warm summers, like I, summers, I live on Long Island specifically, and summers on Long Island are, are really magical and, and beautiful. It's a great place to be. Um, but I've always, um, you know, considered myself like a warm body. I love, you know, love the warm, sunny weather and um, really started taking my health more seriously, started learning a lot more about holistic health in the past, you know, few months. It kind of really kicked up for me in this past spring. And I started to appreciate the sun a lot more. And, um, you know, heading into this winter, I was getting a little worried that I, I uh, you know, what would I do without having so much sun? And, um, you know, things worked out now that I'm, um, you know, doing online coaching, I have freedom and mobility. Um, my girlfriend is a nurse and she is looking into travel nursing opportunities. Um, you know, so when we were kind of talking about that, you know, we were like, why not Southern California? You know, we've been there before taking some trips to San Diego. My brother lives in Los Angeles and, um, love it down there beautiful warm weather and um you know we're both looking for a fresh new start so a lot of things aligned really well and um you know looking like maybe this january we'll head down there and i'm i'm totally stoked for the move awesome yeah it's i moved here 7 years ago it's it's a really amazing place although also kind of crazy los angeles in particular is it, there's this perception of it that it's 
you know, Tinseltown and like it has this like glamour to it. But in, in reality, it's, I was thinking the other day how it's kind of like America's butthole. How like, <laughs> that's, that's, that may come off a little bit harsh. It is also a very, you know, dirty sort of grungy place in a lot of areas and where it's 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 not the glitz and the glamour that is that is shown, at least not the entire city. Like the city as a whole, there's there's like a lot of sort of pollution and, and activity. Like there's what people imagine about LA is like beautiful beaches, palm trees, like mansions, but it is mostly highways and parking lots and just like a ton of traffic. But it, it is also there are pockets of like paradise in Los Angeles that are just like otherworldly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, like so when the first time I was in Los Angeles, I was visiting my brother. Um, it was March and some of the first things we like, you know, I was stoked to go to the beach in March. That's not, you know, something, you know, something I'm used to. And I really liked, you know, Santa Monica. But then there were some, you know, when I was in the actual city, some things were a little bit shocking. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, I did have, like you said, a, a more a more glamorous idea of, of it. But the, you know, the actual metropolis, um, you know, I was like, whoa, this is kind of like just as dirty as New York. Wow. You know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting certain things, um, you know. But as a whole, I did really enjoy being in the in the Southern California area. There, it's a really cool, um, you know, juxtaposition between you know some mountainous areas and then like you know the beach and um, proximity to a lot of you know a lot of beautiful uh, places in nature. Like while I was there, we went to Joshua Tree, and I'd never spent too much time in in like a, a desert environment like that. Um, you know, but that was pretty magical. Uh, I remember as the sun was setting, there's like a beautiful like red and blue tones in the sky you could see the moon there you know something something really special in the air and um that that was i know that's not la but yeah that that was one of the one of the highlights of my 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 first trip down there those are beautiful observations and in southern california as a whole is is absolutely just there's something magic about it i i don't like using that word because it's it seems like a lazy word but it's true between joshua tree and then you've got the pacific coast which seeing the sunset over that is just like yeah. mind blowing sometimes like truly mm-hmm. the the colors and 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 the the shapes and the sky are just like where am i what is this and then you can even go up the pacific coast highway down to to san diego there's just so much beautiful nature there i i can only imagine what this place was like before it was it was settled by by all these people and that was one observation i had is is when i'm when I flew in for the first time, you just see city, but it just sprawls for as far as the eye can see. You're just like, where are all these people coming from? How do they get food and water in here? It's just like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. But there's a reason why it's because it's just, yeah. it's like beautiful weather every single day. It's just, it's hard to believe when like actually living through it, especially being yeah. from New England, like, like we are there, at least the Northeast area. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, like, um, when you said the sunset over the ocean is something that's really special and powerful, I think, you know, because so I'm on, I'm on Long Island. And like I said, the um, summers in Long Island are great. I, you know, love going to the beach, um, you know, but the coast faces uh, south. So you like sunsets are nice over there, but you don't get the sun hitting the horizon, looking over the water, you know, and, and that was that I made it a point when when I first went down there. And, and the last couple of times I've been there um, to Los Angeles or San Diego, I got to see the sunset, you know, I got to see I got to see the sun touching the water. And, um, you know, and even I like the Pacific Ocean's color better, I think, than at least the Atlantic Ocean, where I am from in New York, there's a, a deeper blue and 
you know, the contrast between the, the yellows and oranges of the sun. Um, yeah, really, really special. And really, um, you know, there's something, um, there's something more than just enjoying a nice view about a sunset, you know, it, it seems to hit you in a certain way. And, um, you know, I was actually thinking about this too, when I, uh, earlier this morning, I was getting some sun in the backyard and, you know, it's cold, like, you know, it's, you know, it was about 45 degrees, but the sun was shining. And as it's hitting my eyes, I'm like, my eyes are closed as it's hitting my eyes. I'm just, you know, contemplating, wow, the source of all life, you know, making direct contact with, you know, the source of all life. And, um, you know, had similar thoughts when I'm watching the sunset as well. It's just, um, you know, really beautiful and and makes you think in, in, um, in deeper ways, if you allow it to. Absolutely agree. The, the consciousness of accessing the sun's energy, that, that solar power, accessing more of that really completely reshapes the entire human experience in, in fundamental ways. A lot of people aren't aware of that. And they'll go out wearing sunblock and, 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 sunglasses in order to 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 block out this yeah source of health and vitality and it's so uh, sad when when you have the perspective that we have which is that the sun is a source of life a source of healing a source of power it, it becomes really bizarre to see people walk around with sunscreen and, and sunglasses afraid of this thing but yeah. there's this other perception that it's like a source of skin cancer and wrinkles and uh, i think there's probably deeper layers to that yeah yeah I, you know it, it's and that was um you know, one of the, there was one thing that kind of really kicked off my holistic health uh, run over the past, you know, since the spring, but one of the early things was um, rethinking uh, my perception on, on sunscreen and, and sunglasses. And, you know, I, you know, so my, my family's from Southern Italy, like, you know, my grandparents on one side and my great grandparents on the other immigrated here. Um, so, you know, I, I have, you know, darker skin, darker hair, never was too concerned about, you know, overly using sunblock all the time, you know, but I would, you know, I, I would put it on. Um, and it, I, I just, I, I work outside a lot. I, I used to run a, a power washing business and, um, you know, I would get burnt, you know, before I, w- I was conscious about, about certain things. Um, I remember um, the first, the first job I had this spring, um, which was early April, uh, I went out and, um, you know, I'm sitting there with the power washing machine, my arms are extended out, uh, all day. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I was pretty burnt up. And I, as I started to learn more, I came to realize that it's not really the sun, you know, that that's causing the damage. It was, you know, you know, my diet heavy in, in seed oils that, you know, I, I had no knowledge about. And, um, you know, uh, just started really thinking, you know, I was like, well, sunscreen is a relatively new thing. And so is skin cancer. And so are seed oils, right? And so if you look at the use of, you know, sunscreen and and seed oils over time, you know, that kind of started gaining in popularity in like, you know, I think the mid mid 20th century, and they all rise together, you know, as more people use sunscreen, more people have skin cancer, as more people, you know, spend less time outdoors, you know, there's higher rates of skin cancer. So intuitively, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And then, you know, I'm thinking even deeper, like, well, you know, my ancestors are from Southern Europe in the living in the Mediterranean outside in the sun all day, you know, living, working in in the sun, you know, there, there was no skin cancer. There was no, um, you know, the sun wasn't 
considered harmful, you know? Um, and yeah, it, it really got me thinking more and, um, you know, and it's almost, as we were talking about the sun as the source of all life, you know, which is objectively true, nothing, everything would, would die on earth in like what, eight minutes or something when, if the sun, <laughs> if the sun stopped shining, um, it's, a, it's almost a little uh, sinister to think that, uh, for various reasons, you know, me and, and many others were convinced that, you know, this is actually something that's dangerous and something to be avoided and, you know, something that's harmful, you know, when in reality, it, it is life, it is healing, um, you know, so, you know, it was just a start, as as the, the dominoes started to fall, I was just like, you know, realizing a bunch of these things, and, you know, just like, wow, I've, I've been bamboozled a little, a little bit here, you know, and, and not anymore, <laughs> no, no longer, now, now the sun is, is my friend, and, and, you know, a great friend, you know, a, a, an incredibly important part of my life. It's really powerful, realization to wake up to this concept of, of holistic health and ancestral wisdom and combining them together, you really can become a completely different person if you are living within the mainstream thought system. At least that was my experience. I, I somewhat completely transformed my body mind by aligning myself with nature, with ancestral wisdom, with holistic health. And you mentioned that this became, this was a somewhat of a, a recent sort of catalyst for you back in the spring what what led to you sort of opening your eyes to, to this big picture it really kicked off for me this spring you know in, in the past I had been not like totally unconscious of my health you know I remember when I was younger it, it's it seems silly now but you know my old philosophy was like all right I'll make sure I eat like some healthy foods but I won't like, I won't cut out the junk food. Like I'm young, like I could eat it, whatever. But as long as I'm like eating some fruit, like, you know, whatever. And then <laughs> obviously it, it evolved over time. And, and what really kicked off my uh, holistic health, you know, uh, awakening transformation started in the spring. It started slowly on, on Twitter. I saw this, this guy, uh, seed oil disrespecter with, with the frog profile picture, you know, uh, kind of sending out these like kind of funny, but you know, obviously informational tweets about seed oil disrespect. And I was like, what, what is this? You know, kind of clicked on it and I was like, oh wow. Like, you know what? I didn't see, I never heard seed oils before. I never even, you know, thought about it. It was like, then I started looking at nutrition labels more closely and I'm like, wow, this is in everything. It's in the bread. It's in any kind of snack. It's in any kind of packaged food. Wow. It's, it really is all over the place, you know? And then, you know, started learning more and more and there's a really powerful uh, uh, little documentary on YouTube. I forgot what it was called. It's about 28 minutes, and it goes through um, – part of it is going through the process of how canola oil is made and how you know seed oils didn't exist in the past because we didn't have the industrial-level equipment and technology to extract the oil out of the seeds. And, and you know, I'm watching how you know they compress vast amounts of seeds um, to extract a little bit of oil and then there's high heat used to help extract the oil. And that makes the oil go rancid and turn this dark color and smell awful. So then they add chemicals to deodorize it. And then it still has this dark color. So they add bleach to, you know, make it all these things to make it more palatable. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is in everything. And, and you know, it's these when you when you uh, think about the fats that you ingest, you are what you eat. So if you are ingesting um these highly oxidative, you know, chemically enriched 
fats, they, you know, become a makeup your cell membranes. And, you know, and, and this is goes back to the whole sunscreen thing. I started learning. I was like, wait a second. So if I eat these oils, then the cells on my skin become made up of these highly oxidative oils. And that is why my skin is, is roasting, you know, in the sun. And that is, you know, um, carcinogenic and, and causing all these, these health problems. And, you know, so that seed oil disrespect was like the first thing. And then it just really became a domino effect where um, I, I started to, I was like, wow, you know, it, they're putting these oils in, in everything. And, you know, it really made me try to be more vigilant about what I'm eating. And I became, you know, obsessed with looking at the nutrition labels and, you know, really meticulous about, about everything I, I ingest into my body. And then like that was the first thing. And then, you know, as I was saying, reconsidering how, you know, the sun is a source of life and, and you know, really adopting uh, a diet centered around organic whole foods, you know what I mean? Like, you know, one ingredient like eggs or steak, um, you know, fruit and, and all that. Um, and it's funny how, uh, you know, cleaning up your diet, obviously there, there are physical benefits. Um, you know, I feel like over the past few months, I've gotten into the best shape of my life, which which is is great. But even just from a, a mental clarity perspective, energy levels are more consistent, and I, I feel like you know I've just become more aware of the world around me uh, and, and and how I I treat my body, and it's just it's just funny how it how it snowballed. Um, you know, I, I like I feel like if I didn't eat clean, I wouldn't have made these realizations about, you know, the sun and, and mobility and, um, you know, nature as healing. And, you know, now I'm a big proponent of connecting to the earth and grounding. And I don't think those connections would have been made without, um, switching to a, a clean holistic diet. You know, I think that has kind of seeped into many other aspects of my life. That's an amazing journey. And, a powerful one because it all started with really what you could describe as, as, as a tweet, you know, one, one creator cultivating a stream of, of, of small writings, you know, paired with funny pictures, memes, you know, tweeting these things out over time. And this, and this idea that yeah, there are these oils that are being manufactured by very large companies. The process that they go through to make these oils is more intricate and complex than making a car. It's, Many, many, many steps. Oh, it requires God. advanced machinery, oh. has bizarre sort of industrial me methodology in involved. And, and these oils were called out by Kate Shanahan in a book called Deep Nutrition. She calls them the evil eight oils. I'm not sure if I can name all eight. Maybe between us, we, we can. We know there's canola oil is, is one. There's, yeah. there's safflower oil. Yes. Uh, there's soybean mm -hmm. oil. There's sunflower oil, mm. which which is especially nefarious because organic sunflower oil that sounds pretty healthy, right? That sounds good for you, but it's yeah, oh yeah, it's uh -huh. not. Um, and then uh -huh. there's there's four more that uh, that I'm that are escaping me. Corn, corn oil, corn oil, um, rice bran oil. Uh, was grapeseed oil on one of those evil I mean, eight? I think probably yeah, grapeseed oil. Uh, yeah, and then. Um, another one. Did we say, did we say soy? Yeah, we, we said soy. Those are definitely the biggest, most popular seven, but yeah, essentially another way of looking at this, instead of like keeping track of all these evil oils, you could say like, okay, well, what are the good ones? Like, what are the, what are the, what are the ones that right. are okay? Because 
having some sort of fat to cook with is, is pretty important in a lot of meals and in a lot of culinary preparations. And, and for yes. those, we're going to look at something like butter, ghee, tallow, um, olive oil, avocado oil, maybe like lard, yeah. maybe, but those two are sort of like shifty. Coconut oil. Another great one. Another great one. Did, were, were you cooking yeah. with, with yeah. seed oils prior to discovering this or is it mostly just like kind of food that you'd get made by somebody, somebody else? Well, you know, it was for what my diet was, was mostly, uh, a lot of food made by, by someone else. Like I, I love, I still love Trader Joe's. I'm just a little bit more picky now, but I was a big fan of, um, some of their pre-prepared meals. Like they have, um, you know, rice stir fries and stuff like that. And they taste great. And, and for me, I was like, wow, this is easy. I just, you know, open the bag and put it in the pan and heat it up and, it, and it's, it's ready quick. But, you know, after looking at the, you know, the ingredients, I was like, all right, this is, this is no longer a part of my diet, but it, it ended up being uh, a great thing because now I, I make my own rice stir fries and, and I, I cook a lot of, a lot of my own meals. And, and that's, you know, been another, um, I guess, unintended consequence of my holistic health journey is I really progressed. I'm listen, I'm no, I'm no Gordon Ramsay or anything like that, but I, I really progressed a, as a cook and, um, I can't speak for, you know, for others, but I know I like my own food, you know, and, um, it's been, you know, it's, I, I'm grateful that I, you know, I have, you know, more competence in, in this skill area now. And, um, you know, so, so making my own food, uh, you know, has, has been a big thing. Um, but, you know, going back to what you said before, before that I was, you know, kind of fortunate that, you know, like I said, I, I, um, my family is Italian, so it was mostly olive oil in a lot of our food. Um, you know, you know, which was good. Um, but yeah, yeah. Since then I, I cook everything in, in a nice, you know, nice grass fed butter. Um, you know, I actually just got some really high quality olive oil from Greece. I, I just got this week that I'm really, really excited. I don't remember the brand. Um, you know, um, olive oil and, and coconut oil, um, mainly, you know, mainly what I cook in, I used to cook in avocado oil a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I can like, you know, butter, if I, I made eggs this morning, um, I just made scrambled eggs, you know, my favorite way with, um, uh, butter and olive oil in the pan, some red pepper flakes, um, you know, constantly stirring it, add some Greek yogurt, some, some mozzarella cheese, um, you know, and some Pecorino Romano, some of that, you know, Italian influence in there. I, as I said, I, I am very happy with the food that I cook for myself. So, you know, that was, uh, you know, delicious. And, and that, you know, that may, reminds me of another, you know, point that I think is, is really uh, important is that if you decide to take control of your health and eat holistically healthy foods, in no way does that mean you are compromising for taste or flavor. In, in actuality, you know, I, I think that um, I'm eating more delicious foods than I ever have, you know, now that I'm using high quality, uh, you know, ingredients. I mean, you know, uh, I, we had porterhouses the other night and it's just a big porterhouse and butter and salt and pepper. And, you know, those four ingredients, it, it's magical. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, not only am I eating better than I ever have for, you know, my own health, but I'm, I genuinely feel like I'm eating like, you know, the best tasting foods of my life. And, you know, and that, and not only, um, gaining competency as, as, you know, you know, just being able to cook meals, but, you know, pairing that with the knowledge of what's healthy food and then taking that healthy food and making delicious, you know, meals ha has been really great. Like, you know, even like, uh, um, 
you can make French fries and they could be delicious and they could be healthy if you just get like organic potatoes and you fry them in, in beef tallow and you cover it with some flaky salt. I mean, beef tallow, potatoes, salt, three healthy ingredients, you put it together, it's going to be a healthy, you know, nutritious meal. And so, you know, that's what, you know, something that, um, that I, you know, I talk to, you know, friends, family and, and clients about is, you know, um, there's really no such thing as junk food. There's junk ingredients. You know, you could make healthy French fries. You could have burgers and have it be, you know, very healthy, you know, and any kind of, any kind of food, you know, that you could, that you consider junk food, uh, there is a healthy, uh, quote unquote alternative, you know, or there is a way to prepare it so that it is good for you. And it, and it will probably taste better. Like, you know, I, I think like homemade French fries, uh, I would take a homemade, you know, hand cut french fry fried in beef towel on on the skillet uh, over mcdonald's french fries any day you know what i mean so it's all good it's very exciting to learn all that is, that is really great i love that there's no junk food there's only only junk ingredients and i, I believe michael michael pollan yeah. has a quote that is has stuck with me he said something similar which is you can eat whatever you want so long as you make it your on your own like so long as you make it at home like eat whatever you want because yeah you're gonna be yeah. people don't realize and and this this is one of the the saddest thing about realizing sort of the all the moving parts of this holistic health picture is 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 that is how uh, inflammatory restaurants can be with with not only the the oils yeah. that they used to cook with and and how they maybe don't clean that oil very often, but also you know the pans that they're cooking with are often nonstick, which which can have some uh, a lot of toxic residue. So they're using sort of cookware that's suboptimal. And then on top of that, a lot of things are, are sort of wrapped in plastic or cooked in plastic or microwaved in plastic. So you're getting, yeah. you're getting really a lot of mm, sort of toxic residues within the food and then also paying top dollar for food that's also probably not organic or it's, it's, it's because they're trying to make money, you know, at, at the end of the day. And it's very yeah. difficult to run a restaurant in, in a profitable way. Yeah. So they've, I wouldn't say yeah. they're cutting corners, but they are price optimizing because they have to, they're, they're a business. They have mm -hmm. to keep, they're paying a lot of people's salaries and, and the experience yeah. of going out to a restaurant really does change when, when you become aware of these moving pieces in the, in, in the holistic health picture. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that like, you know, as I said, I, I think I don't want to paint the picture like, all right, it's, super easy to just like overnight switch from, you know, uh, the standard American diet to totally clean, holistically healthy. Um, you know, but that, you know, that is one thing that w was a bit of an adjustment for me is like, you know, going out to dinner, uh, is a little, you know, you have to just be a little bit more vigilant and aware and, you know, maybe ask the chef like, you know, Hey, can you please cook the steak in butter, you know, instead, instead of oil and, and, you know, do certain things. And, um, yeah, even, you know, when you go out to eat, you're you know, if they give you water, unless, you know, it's it's like a bottled spring water, it's probably, um, you know, tap water, which um, which has its, you know, negative consequences. And, um, yeah, every, everything you said about how, you know, they will cook it in, in certain oils. And, yeah, I used to – one of my uh, earlier jobs was I worked in, in a fried chicken restaurant. And, um, you know, I mean, hey, I'm not going to say that fried chicken isn't delicious because, you know, it, it does it does taste good. And, and you know, uh, I, I was friends with the chefs in the kitchen. They'd hook me up with like a free sandwich every shift, um, you know, but now like looking back, 
you know, thinking about how that oil, you know, would sit for days and, you know, um, you know, and you have those like little bits of the batter that stay in the oil and then just become black. And then, you know, when you really, it's like, oof, you know, and there was actually, um, you know, while I was working there, there was actually a grease fire, you know, in the kitchen, which is, which is dangerous. Um, and you know, but yeah, it's, uh, Working in that restaurant was restaurant experience. I think is good for for anybody. I think it's you know it's important for people to uh, have that sort of work experience, whether you're in the kitchen or or you know waiting on tables like I was. Um, you know, but yeah, thinking back and thinking back to some of the, you know, some of the regular customers who'd come to the fried chicken restaurant and um, you know, visibly not not in optimal health. And um, at that time, I even remember you know sometimes. Um, obviously I'm not going to, you know, say anything to them, but, you know, you're serving them a a platter of fried food and, you know, they're very overweight and, you know, you just, um, you know, lots of people are unfortunately hooked on these foods. And, um, you know, when you get into, when you, I, I'm no expert on this, but I, I've listened to people talk about, um, you know, how certain processed foods are made and, you know, they have, it's not just, uh, chefs behind, you know, lots of these processed foods. It's, psychologists and people who are, you know, crafting these ingredients to, um, you know, create certain chemical reactions in your brain to make you come back for more. And, um, and, you know, another, another thing that I heard someone talk about too, is that, you know, you could take like a, um, like a junk food, like a potato chip or something like that. And it's like, you know, try to get full on a bag of potato chips. It's going to be hard. You're probably going to be able to keep reaching into that bag, you know, over and over again. Um, and a big reason behind that is because there's no nutritional value. So even though you're filling your body with, you know, calories and, and seed oils and, and all those bad things, uh, there's no nutrients. So you, you don't get full as easily. And, you know, and then on the other hand, you know, try, you know, getting full on like, it's much easier to get full on like a nice steak or something like that, you know, or, or anything that's, that's nutrient dense. Um, but yeah, unfortunately a lot, lots of people are, you know, hooked on these, these, these foods, these junk foods. Um, you know, I haven't even talked about like things like sodas yet where, you know, um, it's just, you know, loaded with sugar and, you know, I've, I've actually heard you talk about, you know, sugar as a drug, in the past and, um, how, you know, I think, and I like the way you put it, uh, it made me think, cause it's like, you know, you have sugar, it's like a white powder with no nutritional value and it's highly addictive. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's really, it, it's really problematic. And that's another thing too. We talked a lot about seed oils when we talk about refined sugars, you know, switching your, uh, sugar intake from, you know, refined sugars to fruits and honey you know, it is really big. And, uh, as part of my holistic health awakening transformation, however you want to call it, like I had a huge sweet tooth, you know, and it was a, it was a problem. I I look back on some days, you know, especially like in college or high school when I was younger, I would treat myself to like a, a seven 11 run and like a bag of gummy worms and, and a chocolate bar, you know, uh, regularly. And, you know, um, who knows what I was doing to my, uh, my insulin levels and, and all that on top of just, you know, eating like goop, you know, or, or, or whatever. Um, and one of the, and as I was saying before, where, you know, you can eat healthy food and enjoy it and it's delicious. Um, you know, one of the nice things I enjoy now is, 
uh, a bowl of Greek yogurt with some berries covered in honey, you know, and there's, you know, that is like ice cream. If the, if the berries are frozen, you know, that's like ice cream right there. Um, and that totally can satisfy my sweet tooth and just obviously a much, a much healthier, um, you know, way. And so, uh, what's that phrase? Like you can have your cake and eat it too. Like you could, you can enjoy, you know, sweet and delicious foods and still, you know, maintain a holistically healthy lifestyle. You know what I mean? So there, there's ways to do it that, you know, will be enjoyable for everybody. Absolutely. Well said. And it's such an important idea across the board. It It's wild how we're stuck in this place where our, collectively our health is in shambles because of not, starvation but abundance of food like we've reached this place that our ancestors really struggle and strive for like we don't want to starve anymore like no more starving so they built up all these massive farms and all this food abundance i can't remember a single day in my 32 years of going to the grocery store and there not being like every food available which is insane to think about like that's a wild yeah. accomplishment oh yeah there's like always every food. right but now it's like half of the people at least are, are suffering from just like having an overabundance of, of food that is just insanely delicious on hand all the time. And it's not even really, I don't know if it's delicious is the right word, but it's, it's just uh, sort of in a drug-like way where there's these chemically engineered yeah. flavor explosions and they, they can't stop eating. And, and this realignment towards food that is actually nourishing and supportive of, of the body working well, that is actually also really delicious. That, that's such a powerful idea that, yeah. that is, is spreading kind of slowly but surely and, and has got to, you know, yes. it's got to get legs and, and get to more people before before our society sort of collapses under the weight of our own struggle with this, with this unsupported food. Yeah, I think, you know, I saw, um, I don't know, have you heard of, uh, what's his name, Dr. Sean Baker? He's like carnivore MD. He's like, you know, he's like a, you know, a, a, a big guy in, in the, in the, um, the carnivore space. And, um, he had tweeted out the other day, um, by 2030, if we keep going at this pace, one in four Americans will not be obese, will be morbidly obese. It's, you know, it's and even, and you know, that's one in four people, you know, that's, that's really kind of, uh, you know, kind of staggering and, um, you know, rates of obesity and, uh, you know, diabetes and, and lots of, you know, chronic illness, um, on the rise and, uh, you know, I'm not saying food is the only factor, but I really, you know, it probably is the biggest factor, um, in, in what's driving, um, so many of the health issues that, that we see in America today. And, um, the ripple effect of that is, um, I think something that maybe isn't talked about enough. It's not, you know, just that, all right, people are overweight. So that overweight person, you know, leads an unhealthy life. Like, you know, you, you think about, um, you know, a, an overweight, you know, mother or father, right, as a role model for their children, right, you know, and, and the children, you know, see that and an overweight parent not having as much energy, you not being able to be as, as present for their kids, um, you know, in, in lots of different ways. And then, you know, um, dealing with, with chronic illness, you know, when they're older and, and you know, the kind of um, you know, drain that can have on the family that has to, you know, come together and, and, you know, deal with this health crisis. And then the system as a whole, I mean, I, I don't have the numbers handy, but I'd have to imagine that the amount of money that is spent to treat a lot of these chronic illnesses, um, 
has to be staggering. You know what I mean? I know. And, and a lot, and the thing about chronic illness is that it requires chronic medication in many cases. And, you know, you, you always hear about, um, how the pharmaceutical industries mark up the cost of insulin. And so you have these families, you know, literally struggling to survive because they have to come up with the money to, to pay for these insulin treatments. And, you know, it's really, um, you know, it's, it's really, you know, sad to think about. Um, and I just wish, and, you know, part of my inspiration to get into the holistic health space and, and, you know, to, you know, start creating and sharing information online instead of just consuming is that, you know, if more, can you imagine, like, if, imagine if every diabetic in America got a letter in the mail or a video that said, Hey, if you follow a strict diet, you know, for a couple of months, even a few weeks, you could cure yourself of this type two diabetes. You know, if everyone, you know, um, I feel like so many, uh, uh, diabetics are, you know, have just falsely accepted this idea that, you know, this is my life. I, I developed type two diabetes. I will always have type two diabetes. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, you know, no, there are, you know, many examples of, of people who, you know, you follow a strict diet for a certain amount of time and you can cure yourself of, of these ailments. And I don't think enough people know that. And, you know, it's no medication. It, it's just, you know, food as medicine instead of, you know, going to a doctor. And I think, um, you know, it could really, you know, transform our, you know, country, you know, as a whole. Absolutely. It, it's, it's really the best lever that we could pull because there are so many positive benefits that come as a result of realigning ourselves towards a more ancestrally appropriate, holistically accurate way of eating. And, and we touched on an economic concept there called uh, externalities, which is sort of the downstream consequences of something. So for example, we pay out of our tax dollars for a corn subsidy. Okay, cool. Food security is great. Now that corn gets turned into high fructose corn syrup, which is, gets put in the soda, which we're funding with our tax dollars. All soda is is serving as a liquid cigarette for people to just sort of dull the pain of life. And then that soda, which we're funding with our tax dollars, is then causing obesity, diabetes, all these health consequences in a deleterious way, which is then causing a further draw on our tax dollars and, and our healthcare spending, which is, I think, something like a trillion dollars a year, like some unfathomable number, which is like mind blowing. And, and what could that tax money be allocated for, even just from this one simple lens of, okay, we want a better world. We need a better world. What are the simple levers we can pull? And, and there are these, these things that we call food, which really aren't, that are, that are obviously destroying our society. And, and yeah. I'm curious if, if you've been back to your grandparents' homeland in, in Italy. Have you spent any any time there? Yeah, actually, you know, I, um, I'm actually glad you brought that up because it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. So my grandparents uh, immigrated to America, I think it was 1963, uh, from Calabria. Uh, so if you don't know where Calabria is, if you can picture the shape of Italy, it's like the toe of the boot. So it's right by Sicily. It's just like right on right across the water from Sicily. Um, and, you know, my grandparents, uh, my grandpa specifically, you know, grew up in a very rural, you know, area, kind of like, you know, I, I don't think his family was a farmer, like directly, but it was like everyone had livestock, everyone had, you know, um, and 
the first time I went to Italy, uh, very fortunate, took an amazing trip with my family. We spent, um, it was a two week trip. And the first week was, you know, Rome, Florence, Venice, all that, you know, great stuff. Um, but then the second week was um, in the house that my grandfather grew up in, in, in Southern Italy, um, in, a, in a small region called Nicotera. And um, wow, like, you know, one of those moments where you appreciate everything, you know, in your life, you know, seeing the way my, my grandfather grew up and don't get me wrong. Like he, if you, if you asked him, he loved his life growing up in Italy. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, saying he lived this hard life of struggle, but, you know, living in a, you know, a house with, with no AC. Um, I remember uh, the shower in there was the running water was, there was a large tank of water outside and like gravity created the, you know, the running water, you know, um, I'll never forget like this one like cake uh, made by the neighbors who were farmers and every ingredient was from the farm and it was made from scratch. And it was like the simplest, um, like a, like a pound cake or something like that, but it was like the best cake I ever had. And it, you know, and it was everything from the farm and um, you know, in the backyard uh, there's like a little, a little patio with, with grapevines growing and like, you know, my grandfather would sit with his dad and like, you know, sit in the sun and reach up and, and grab some grapes and, you know, eat it in the sun and, and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it was really, uh, you know, it was great. And I, 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 now I'm, I'm really, really reliving, um, you know, my, when we were there, my grandma made like a rabbit stew. And I remember um, I was walking into the kitchen and she heard me coming. She was like, oh no, don't come in. I, I, I came in anyway. <laughs> she was butchering a rabbit, you know, on the, uh, on the counter. And, uh, you know, Stuff that I was not used to, but it, you know, it was delicious. I, 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 I'm sure the rabbit was, you know, from, um, you know, somewhere local. Uh, so, um, yeah, seeing seeing the way, you know, the way they grew up, you know, working outside, fresh, local, organic produce from your friends. You know what I mean? Like, you know, going to the neighbor to get like your eggs, and and you know, just um, uh you know, a really beautiful way of living. And, you know, um, the landscape there actually reminds me a lot of Southern California because you have a beautiful contrast between the mountains and, and the sea. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, I'm actually glad you asked me about that because that was one of the, um, one of the best experiences I've had. One of the best travel experiences I've had for sure is beautiful. Sounds beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And I've always, I have never left America and, and Italy is one of the places I would, I would love to go. And they're, they're, food culture is world renowned and unfortunately bastardized here in America where pizza yeah. and pasta is seen as like, you know, the least healthy things, which is really, really lame idea of Italian food, like pizza and pasta, but like, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, but we just like, yeah, you can make those things and they're incredibly supportive of health. It's not people. This is the thing is like when I, when I talk to folks about, eating healthy, it's often like, oh, I, you know, can't have X, Y, Z, can't have pizza, can't have pasta. It's like, oh, you definitely can if yeah. you make it yourself and you use, you know, quality ingredients that are, that are grown in, you know, harmony with earth in an intentional, supportive way. These, these things can definitely be incredibly good for you, not just, you know, your tongue, but the entire country of, of Italy seems to be a good model 
for what we can achieve in, in terms of like this bioregional food system and, and having, you know, sourcing, sourcing food from nearby and, and the community seems to be really important as well. And, and connection with nature, these, these are all things that we, mm-hmm. a lot of us have, have lost or not really found as, as Americans. Yeah. And, you know, um, based on my, I haven't spent a ton of time in Italy, but, you know, based on the knowledge of that and my family and stuff like that, um, Italians really take pride in, in their food and, 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 a lot of, um, you know, the best Italian cuisine is kind of an idea that we were talking about before, where it's just simple, high quality ingredients, you know, put together. And um, yeah, there's a, a lot of a lot of pride in their food. And my my grandmother was the best cook I you know I I'll ever have you know the best food I'll ever eat. And um, you know that you know, stereotypical Italian Nona, like, you know, making like the, the pasta and stuff like that. I was, you know, I was so fortunate as a kid, um, you know, and, um, you know, you brought up, you know, intention and, and, you know, thinking of, of my grandmother and the Italian food, it just makes me think, um, how much of a difference food made with love and, and intention, you know, can really be. And, um, you know, that, and, you know, that's something I didn't really, think about or, or appreciate until I started being more conscious about my food and, and eating holistically, um, you know, but you contrast like, you know, your, your grandma making you uh, a dish of pasta, you know, with love and, you know, want like, you know, my grandma would always, you know, give me more and more food. I'm like, no, I'm full. He's like, no, come on. You have to eat, you know, all that stuff. But, um, you know, just made with so much love and, you know, you contrast that with uh, a lot of the processed food that's, you know, mechanical and, and machineries, you know, factories putting food together, or even, you know, if, if you go out to eat, um, you know, hopefully uh, the restaurant you go to isn't like this, but, you know, there's lots of restaurants where it's like, you know, maybe the, the chef is underpaid or frustrated, or, you know, there's like, you know, um, you know, that negative energy going into the food. And, um, you know, it's another reason to cook, cook food yourself is, you know, you could, make food for yourself with intention and love make you know there's nothing like i like like i said i like my own food like for myself but um i love cooking for my girlfriend cooking for my family um you know it's uh it can really be a be a beautiful process that's deep man that is really deep being proud of the food i i really like that and and even the idea of of cooking with love that that can go all the way back to it was this food farmed with love, you know, watered every day and in a way that someone actually cared for it, whether that's that food is, is a sprig of basil or an entire cow that was, that was loved for, you know, a year and a half as, as it gained mm-hmm. weight for slaughter. And then even throughout that slaughtering process, cows can be cared for as, as mm-hmm. paradoxical as that may seem. It's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And then when that food is cooked, it, there's so much energy that goes into everything. And, and to think that there's no consequence of that energy is, is a little bit crazy considering right. at a fundamental level, everything is energy. You know, there, things are a lot less physical and, and, and yeah. uh, hard than, than they seem on the surface. What, what was your perception of the way that, the universe works sort of at a, at a fundamental level. Like what, what do you, what have you picked up about, about all this? Yeah. I love that question. Cause that's, that's a deep one. Let me think for a sec, you know, uh, again, going back to 
how I was saying how, you know, changing my diet has led to, you know, so many more benefits aside from my, my physical health. Um, I really, I feel like become more in touch with the unity and connectedness of everything and everyone, you know, around us. And, you know, as you said, you know, everything is energy and, you know, maybe some of these topics for some people, you know, will brush them off as, as woo woo. But, you know, I mean, for those people, like, I mean, you know, ask a scientist, you know, everything, everything is energy. Um, that's, you know, I feel like that's not as much up for debate anymore. And, you know, everything is an exchange of energy, right? Like you're, when you walk into a room, whatever you feel, right, is, is energy, right? You walk into a room and, you know, maybe you feel uncomfortable. Well, that's, you know, some negative energy, you know, hitting your energy field or, or vice versa. You walk into, um, you know, <laughs> what pops in my head is like, can you imagine like it's your birthday and you walk home and it's a surprise party and everyone's happy to see you and it's a surprise and like you're filled with love and, you know, that's, that's energy that, you know, that, like, um, you know, and, um, it's and you know being you know conscious of, of my own energy and and uh, has has helped me a lot and you know whether it's in it's in meditation you know visualizing you know my own energy field or you know just um, walking around as, as a happy positive energy type of person. I remember um, so as I said, all these things started kind of coming together. Um, for me in the spring started with holistic diet. And then, um, I actually started working with, um, our mutual friend, Brian Kimson as a mindset coach and, um, you know, working with him was transformative, uh, in a lot of ways felt like, uh, you know, I was on a rocket ship and, and just learning and, and wow, like, you know, things are clicking. And I remember, you know, being more conscious of my energy and, you know, talking to him. And, and at the time I, I was working in, ele in elementary school, uh, just walking through the hallways, feeling like I'm floating, you know, just being conscious of my positive energy and, you know, just looking at everything around me as, you know, with, with gratitude and, you know, like this specific example of, of walking through an elementary school hallway, you know, uh, little kids running by, hopping around, smiling, like, you know, it's like, it's beautiful, you know, and, and um, there's, you know, or whether it's looking at like, you know, some of their artwork or on the hallways, it's like, how lucky am I to be here right now? And, and, um, you know, so that, and that all happened to me from an energetic level of, of just being more conscious of my own energy and, and, you know, almost visualizing radiating positivity and love and, and, you know, and, and coming and it coming off me. And, um, one last point I want to bring up is, you know, I, I've, I was listening to someone say like, you know, you hear a lot of people say, you know, protect your energy, right? Like, protect your energy from, you know, negativity or darkness. And, you know, this, this one, um, guy was saying, well, you know, I don't think that may be the best thing. Like, you know, uh, maybe instead of shielding and protecting yourself from darkness, why don't you try to shine brighter and, you know, emit more positivity and, you know, um, emit more lightness to, uh, enlighten the darkness around you. And, and that's something I, I, I try to think about too, as I walk around, like, you know, what is my energy field giving off? Like, you know, I'm just always trying to be in that, you know, a positive, you know, loving state and trying to radiate that to others around me. Beautiful. Amazing. And Brian Kimson, uh, we recorded an episode together 
anyone listening to learn more about him can find a previous episode there. And I really love what you were saying about being lit up from an energetic standpoint. One of my favorite quotes about how to live life and what to do in this time that we have given is to do what lights you up because the world needs more people who are lit up. And it's just so simple. It's like, oh, like, yeah, all this noise, that's the signal. That's the signal and the noise is just like, mm-hmm. do what lights you up, you know? Do, do what makes your heart happy. Do what makes you sing, whatever it is. Like, don't be afraid of what other people are thinking of you because the second you flip that switch and, and become that radiant light, as goofy as it may sound, it's it's so true is where that's where, that's what we need as a society because there's so much darkness in this current sort of epoch that, that we're living through. It, it's plain to see if you can be a shining light in that, that's the revolution. That's the turning. That's the that's the next wave of, of what we're going to, need as as we evolve as a society out of this darkness and into this brave new world this bright new future and and i really commend you for for mm-hmm. making that transition and 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 making waves and, and spreading this message on on a day-to-day basis so i want to commend you for that and, and give you an opportunity now to share any last sort of thoughts or messages you have for for anybody listening yeah yeah well i i appreciate that and you know i um can say the same thing too. You know, I, I love um, just following you on social media and and seeing you know your your positive message. And you know, when I look at the things that you post, it's like all right, another person spreading the light. And and you know, and, and I love that. Um, and you know, to kind of go off one of one of the things you were saying about um, you know do what lights you up. And um, I feel like as I said before, everyone is connected, right? We are all um, you know. I feel like we are all unique expressions of the same life force energy or, you know, God, whatever you want to call it, right? We're all unique expressions of that. And keyword, you know, unique, right? You like what lights and to anyone listening, like what lights you up is yours and it's energetically bound to you. And it, it's, it's in you. It is you, you know, for a reason, right? Like what lights me up is not going to be the same exact thing that lights you up or lights someone else up. And so I feel like that's your, you know, your true signal. It's there for a reason, you know, you know, do what lights you up, as you said, and pursue your dreams. And, you know, that's, that's a message I would say to everyone else. And, and it, you know, it may sound corny, you know, or, or cliche, but I strongly believe that there is a fundamental you know, truth to that, you know, your uh, desires are yours for a reason. um, And they're they're meant for you to to fulfill them. And, um, you know, and that has been something um, that, you know, I I think about too, as as I go into, um, you know, the online coaching space and, and helping others with with mindset and holistic health and, you know, building muscle in the gym and all those things. It's, um, health in general, it's kind of had been something, you know, that like I would be into and, you know, maybe spend my spare time listening to podcasts, you know, doing and stuff like that. And then I came to a realization like, you know, this, like I can, this can be how, you know, I make a living and this is, you know, all I want to do is, t- is talk to people about holistic health and, 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 you know, getting the most out of life and adopting the best mindset. And, um, you know, it's, it's what, it's what drives me. It's what, it's what's fundamental to me. And, you know, I could get on a call with a client and, you know, I'd be, I'd say, all right, let's, let's lock in 60 minutes. I could go for 90 minutes easy. Like, you know, just in, in a flow state of conversation, just because, you know, I feel like this is 
what, you know, what I, what I'm meant to be doing. And, you know, I could, you know, you might I ask my clients and my friends, you know, my girlfriend, I can go on and on and on sometimes if, if, if um, you know, if time allows. And, uh, but, you know, I, I used to kind of be self-conscious of that, like, all right, like, you know, maybe this person doesn't want to hear me talk so much, or maybe I'm rambling, but I've recently come to the realization that, um, it, it's this effortless flow for me for, you know, for a reason. It's like this, um, you know, like, uh, like a pure expression, you know, coming out. It's not like a, uh, all right, let me think exactly about what I have to say and be like calculated. It's, it's just like, emanating you know from me and that um it's my favorite thing to do my favorite thing to do is to have high quality you know conversations with with people um you know like yourself and and like you know like anyone else who is game for these these kind of topics and um it's what it's what really lights me up and uh you know it's it's exciting that you know i've, I've recently made this transition to coaching and you know now looking forward like you know i'm just getting started there's there's so much there's so much ahead there's so much you know excitement and um i'm just on cloud nine right now that's all i can say <laughs> beautiful nicola thank you for sharing your message with us and, and sharing your light really appreciate you taking the time and excited to follow your journey as, as you continue to spread that and share that with the world so thank you case thanks so much for having me this has been an absolute pleasure